we had a good go around uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh yeah, on the phone. And, um, I want to talk about that a little bit, but uh, we'll do intros and everything else. But love to just uh, you know that's kind of what my got my uh, my brain thinking about this topic, and uh, I thought we'd roll into it. Thought it'd be a good conversation. Yeah. Cool, Pip. You there? Hiya. What's happening? Hiya. How are you, man? Hiya. I am well. I just finished some uh, some lacrosse with the Finn Man. Nice. And now I'm joining you guys. That's my so. game, by the way. Really good to know. Man. Oh, yeah. Good to know that yeah. you, uh, you do. You date those back to your ancestral roots? Uh, no, game, or? no, I, I do uh, not. Um, but uh, I did play high school and I recruited to play in college. Went to college and uh, enjoyed the other side of college too much and kind of threw away a lacrosse career. But uh, at the time, uh, Can- you know, lacrosse wasn't a uh, you know a uh, a life, if you will. It's like a, it's like an onion. We just peeled back a whole other layer. Yeah, I know. I something know. no one knew about you until now. So. I know. What can I tell you? That's when I was uh, probably in the best shape of my life, and uh, I was still fat. So, what are you gonna do? But uh, it was good. That was a long time ago, man. Very, very long time ago. So, but I, we're just waiting for a few more people to get in the room. I did start recording. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll start off with just some intros real quick. Uh, you know, I'm sure people are familiar with you, Pip, but, uh, Lamar is new to the stage. I asked him to join us tonight. Um, he and I had, uh, really good conversation a few weeks back. Um, and I just wanted to, uh, introduce, um, him and, uh, and so on. So, um, why don't we, we got another minute before it's eight o'clock. We do have people hopping in. I see some people down in the crowd that, uh, I was talking with earlier. So I'd love to get interaction tonight. Um, I'd love to hear other people uh, want to get involved and, uh, you know, have some ideas. Um, it's an interesting topic I came up with tonight, and uh, I guess we could start it off with that. Um, you know, your good luck has taught you some bad habits. And um, that was said to me during a podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, Brent Brooks, who's a captain out of Toronto, Canada. Uh, he's a big high-rise guy. Uh, high-rise firefighting is his website and uh, his training company. Uh, he rides in one of the ha- uh, high-rise companies up there, and they, they are very disciplined in that uh, in that uh, field of firefighting, which is super unique compared to what most of us deal with on a regular basis. And it was an incredible conversation and a great podcast. I think it's being released within the next day or so. Um, but uh, he brought that up in conversation, and uh, he threw it out there, and I wrote it down. During our podcast, I sometimes you know, write down some things that are said uh, as maybe a sound bite or something to go back to the jog my memory of what we were talking about. But your good luck has taught you bad habits. And um, I think there's something to that. And I wanted to maybe hit on that tonight and uh, come up with some ideas and thoughts. Uh, this is being recorded, so it will be shared down the road. So if we don't have a big crowd tonight, it's not a big deal. This was a last minute session that we threw together and pip as always i always enjoy talking with you you and i talk almost daily uh and then lamar of course uh, lamar green so um why don't we do this everybody knows who i am i'm the big mouth of national fire radio but uh, pip why don't you introduce yourself and then lamar hop in after that just so people get a idea of who you are and where uh, what your background is sure well uh, feel free to call me Pip, although that is not my real name but that's okay um yeah that's the way it goes i'm a, a lieutenant in the city of New Brunswick Fire Department here in central New Jersey. Um, and I also get to be uh, the director of the not-for-profit 555 Fitness. Uh, yesterday was actually my six-year anniversary of, uh, of of running the whole show over at 555. So that was kind of a, a cool thing. Congratulations. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you. It's been, a, been an interesting six years, to say the least. Yeah. Listen, man, um, people don't really understand what goes into it and how much work goes into it. Um, and it should crazy. be said. So, yeah, for sure. I know how busy you are and how active you are with it. So, it's definitely crazy, but that's cool. Um, and I host a, I, I did host a podcast uh, put on by National Fire Radio called The Size Up. At some point, we're going to start recording again. Um, there's on. a crossover episode in the works. I just fell out of my chair, man. Hold on, let me get <laughs> let me get off the floor. Hey, hey, hey! There's a crossover episode in the works. That's good. So we're we're going to record that one next week. That's right. it's on the books for good. next Wednesday or Tuesday, something like that. Cool. Good. Thank you, brother. Uh, Lamar, how about yourself, man? A little background on yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is Lamar. I'm a uh, lieutenant with the Daphne Fire Department. We're down here in South Alabama, uh, right across the bay from a Mobile Fire. Um, been in the fire service, just volunteer and paid probably close to 20 years. I uh, got my paramedic about 18 years ago. Um, I fly as a flight medic on the side, too. Um, but well, that's pretty gnarly. I didn't know that about you. That's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I've been doing it probably about five years. It was kind of like an EMS dream to do. And uh, the company I work for, we we fly. We're one of the, I think, the three top bases as far as flight goes. And we we fly a bunch. And, you know, it's, it's always been kind of a dream, always something fun to do. But then uh, South Alabama summers are uh, – really not the coolest so you put on a uh, completely mix suit and uh put you inside a greenhouse the size of a vw um with a patient that's crashing on you sometimes it's like man <laughs> yeah no pressures on there no See, i was totally made for that job because i'm so little like i could fit in there and do the medic the flight medic thing you could well i'm six one so i'm not yeah, I crunch up in there. I mean, we've had pilots that are like six four, six five, and wow. just kidding, man. Um, but yeah, I actually, you know, probably like twenty one years ago, I was uh, I was a plumber and was uh, driving by a house with my boss one day, and it was on fire, and we stopped to help out, and um, the uh, we had a we had a like a little garden hose we were spraying and. We opened the door and some cats came out. We saw a bunch of fire and smoke and the volunteer department got there. And, and uh, one of the guys said, are you a fireman? I said, no, I have no clue about any of it. And uh, he gave me a hose and said, open this and pour water into there. And uh, man, it was just, it got my blood right then. And went and joined the volunteer fire department and uh, went paid about 15 years ago. Um, I love that. That's such a great story. Such. That's awesome. If, if you were a roofer, you could have been making grabs that day, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy on my truck that would, uh, was from Maine one time, and he uh, he was a truck at heart, man. And uh, I think the first fire we ever made, we got back. He was uber pissed at me. He's like, why didn't we throw any ladders? I, was like, I, don't, I don't know. We don't really need it. And uh, he uh, really showed me the ways of the trucky, So <laughs> That's funny. It was, it was kind of awesome, but man, it's ever since then, it's, it's been something that's been in my blood and, um, I just absolutely love it. And, uh, I got my, my crew now I've had with me for a long time, uh, TJ and Steve, super great guys. And they've got a love and a passion for the fire service. And they really have helped me over the past few years. Just, um, guys, they're, they're so they're hungry to learn and hungry to want to do more of it. So they're constantly asking me questions and spurring and, and goad me on. And, and it really wasn't until probably 
just several years ago, man, probably I got promoted to lieutenant eight years ago, but it was after I became an officer that I really started realizing that I was, I had no idea what the hell I was doing and I needed, I needed to try to, to start to learn. So the guys on my crew, man, are, are hungry for it and they've done everything they can to, to make me a better officer. And they really, they just continue every day. I wake up, I get to go into work or, or, or even off off the job, and we were constantly talking about it. We're sending each other videos, or man, hey, why don't we try this? Why don't we try this? Um, and it's yeah. just, you know, we we're predominantly we do a lot of EMS, but it's just the fire service is something that I just had a passion for, man. It just it got in my blood, and it never has gotten out. And I don't. It's one of those things that for me, I, I know the guys that are counting days to retirement and. You know, I know a roundabout figure of when I could retire, but I, I mean, I, I can't tell you because they're going to, hopefully they're going to have to kind of kick me out. Um, so you can't stay here anymore. You've got a walker. You're not able to make entry. So yeah, there you go. You got to get off. Good, man. I mean, passion's huge, right? And, uh, and, and that's kind of where I want to steer this conversation because uh, it talks about, you know, so <laughs> moving forward, right? So here we are. And Lamar, you and I, um, you reached out. Uh, and we connected and I, for people that don't know, I give my number out to anyone. It doesn't matter to me. Um, anybody that's got an interest or a passion, uh, and, and into the job, uh, you know, I, I want to, I want to connect. I want to chat with them. I want to hear their story. Uh, and that's very much what happened between Lamar and I. I've known Pip for quite a long time now. Um, but, uh, Lamar and I are, are, uh, newly acquainted and, um, you know, we had a great phone call because, we shared some frustrations. Um, we shared some, uh, you know, looking for a little bit more, you know, pick the brain of somebody that maybe had said something or has done something that we saw and we wanted to know more about it to better our position. Lamar, the, how important is that, right? Before we hop into this whole luck verse, uh, you know, uh, the conversation on um, luck and, and bad habits and all of that, I mean, you know, it's so important to surround yourself, like you were saying, with the people you have on your crew that, you know, make you a better boss, make you a better leader. But that comes down to the culture. And I think laying the blocks of culture first is super important because, you know, when we start talking about, you know, good luck has taught you bad habits, you know, good luck means complacent. Good luck means, um, you know, that things have gone right only because uh, fate had had it that way. Um, but when you start talking about influencing luck, um, it, you start talking about becoming a student and training and, and all of those things, eliminating complacency. How important is all of that? Laying that foundation so that we have a solid platform to work from. Talk about that a little bit for me. So, I mean, initially when we talked about, I mean, you said I'd, I'd reached out to you and it was one of those things that I, I remember reaching out, listening to National Fire Radio and just try to try to get all the knowledge and everything that you remember I'll talk about this first. I remember reaching out and you gave me, dude, I can't, I can't tell you how it was just somebody that's kind of like a mentor to you that they don't know you, that they're your mentor. And for them to take that time out and go, yeah, man, Hey, let's talk. Uh, it you away. I think that in the fire, I think just not in the fire service, but today in general, uh, we get so wrapped up with so many things and we get so busy doing this. We get so busy doing that, that there's those young guys that are coming up. There's, there's young people that are coming up in the fire service that it takes 
sometimes all it takes is a five minute conversation to steer them on the road. Yeah, for sure. You know, and just for them to, to look and go, Hey, there's actually somebody out there that cares. Um, you see, so you see so much, you see so much out there and I I do at my department and I do just in our area too of, of things that, that happen, or you see a video on, you know, of of guys making a grab or, or of a a crew making just this super bad, awesome entry and just nailing it and hitting it hard. And you're like, Oh, that's so cool. And you go with your crew because I've done it before. All right, let's try this. Um, and it, it just, it doesn't work. Um, you're like, crap. It, that that didn't work. So for me, there's a there's two paths you can take at that point. It's where you look and go, hey, we, this didn't work either. It's not going to work for us. Let's keep trying it and see if it works first or not. Um, or just you suck at it at the moment. So you got to try to figure out how to do that. And I think a lot of us in the fire service rely on luck, and we you, you get lucky. I, I just I'm, I'm not a huge firm believer in luck, man. And I love the title of it. Your good luck's talking bad habit because all it takes is that one call that went you mean, you did, yeah you you're, cu- you're cutting in and out a little bit it's hard to hear you but oh, sorry no 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 you're just you're, take, you're good uh it just takes that one call where you've you've trained or you haven't trained and you do something good with it and you look and go hey man it worked so yeah there we go Let's yeah and you know, and that's, that's, listen, luck is all part of the equation. I mean, whatever you believe in, you know, you believe in luck, you, you can't. But I, I believe where I'm going with this and and uh, and so on, and Pip, I'm going to hop over to you in a half a second. But where I'm going with this is I know that we have the ability to influence our own luck, right? Meaning you can you can diminish the chance by better training by eliminating complacency that you're not settling for the status quo. The guys that are riding the couch or the armchair and they're not investing and putting into themselves and then putting into the company, which, you know, through hard work, uh, sweat equity, you know, and so on your, your gap and relying on luck is, is much larger than the guy that's putting in the time, the energy and the sweat equity to train and make themselves better because, you know, you got to look at things, right? Luck is a part of every situation we deal with. And so you got building collapse, fire behavior. You can get in a MVA on the, on the way to the, the, the engine could T-bone a car at an intersection. Like these are things that you have some control, but you can't control all of it. You know, things can happen. A corners can fall off the building An ornamental decoration can dislodge from the building as they're opening up. And, you know, and it's somebody's below it. You know, I remember, uh, you know, you want to talk about uh, situational uh, issues in New York City. That firefighter was hit in the head with an air conditioner. A couple months ago, it was all over the internet. Pip, do you remember that? It was like a week or two. It was like a week or two ago. Uh, I think it was in Philly, wasn't it? No, it was New there York. Was just one. It was, there was a near miss somewhere. No, New York City. Guy caught it right in the head, and uh, there was uh, there was video of it all over the internet, and and so on. I broke my heart because everybody's resharing it, and I, I just the last thing I wanted to see was this guy get hit in the head over and over again. But you know, those are things that I I put to more of chance and more of luck. Where I want to go with this tonight, though, is we know that there's a little bit of luck in everything we do, a little bit of chance in everything we do. But how do we diminish that risk? And that how do how how do you diminish it, Pep? How do you how do you eliminate the luck factor in your department and with your guys? Well, 
Ooh, now you put me on the spot with that one. I was no, going I in mean, a different direction before, but I'm ready. But no, go, so go first ahead. off, the air conditioning direction, dude, that's one of my biggest fears. And when people say like, aren't you scared being a firefighter? And I'm like, of course, we're all scared being firefighters. Like, well, what, what scares you? Because you're going to fires. I'm like an air conditioner falling from really high and crushing me. Like, it's just one of those things that, that I'm always like somewhat afraid of, I guess is an easy way to put it. But when... You, you talk about like how it's just that moving forward. Like there is a bit of luck to everything we do. Sure. There is a bit of, um, let's just say training to everything we do. There is a bit of being a couch commando to everything it is we do. It's finding that balance for me that keeps it all running. And when I say finding balance, I don't mean actually finding balance. It's more like looking for balance and how to balance it all. Right. That's what we have to do in life. For, it's everything's about balance. Right. But like take it, take it a little bit further. I mean, we can we can diminish the risk and we can we can better our chance of uh, success. Right. And how do how do we do that? How do you do that? By putting in the in by in my mind, by putting in the work, you know, yeah. doing everything I physically and mentally can to make myself better. To not be the best, but to continue to make myself better, you know, whether it's through obviously in, in my realm a lot, physical fitness, you know, by taking care of my body, by reading, by doing things outside of the fire service, you know, like Jeremy, you believe it or not, like, like people listen, there's Jeremy and I talk about things that don't have to do with fire trucks a lot. Right. Yeah. You know, like those are the types of things that are helping me do what you're asking. No, I get it. I get it. And then instilling that belief also, though, then as a boss, right, then you want to be able to bring that to your people. And you're going to you want your people to be in line with your processes and the way you process information and the way that you believe the house and the company should be run. No. And that goes right back to something, too, that like Lamar had said about his crew and, and Lamar, you know, obviously. Jeremy said it a couple times, this is our first time meeting, but I've done a lot of rooms. I've been with a lot of different firefighters and these types of things and officers. I think you could be the first person that ever actually named the members of your crew when you <laughs> talked about them. Myself included. Juan, Nick, and Kenny, they're my crew. I, I don't think I've ever said their names. I've just said my crew, right? And yeah. that type of respect for them and that type of... Um, camaraderie and give and take that's how we're doing what jeremy's talking about in my mind you know i know everything or the most a lot of things about these guys that i work with they know a lot of things about me and we spend a lot of time together and in that give and take back and forth that's how we're developing this bond and this relationship um to work so well together i heard a uh i I'd read a book recently and the, the guy was talking, I, it, the name escapes now. Um, it was about building, you're changing your firehouse culture. Um, and that's one of the things he said in there that just kind of hit me. He was talking about the way, even the terminology that we use, we talk about, you know, the station or the base, or we talk about uh, coworkers or employees and, and just that, those little things changing it from the fire station to the firehouse changing it from, you know, employees or coworkers to crew. And, uh, the, the guys that I work with, man, it's, you know, like you said, Pip, and we all feel that we all feel the same way. It's a, it's a family. I mean, you can't describe it any other way and it doesn't matter. 
it, it doesn't race or creed or, or gender, all that. It doesn't, it doesn't play into it. Those guys, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I could pick the phone up anytime and call them. And I have call and say, Hey, I need some help with this. Or, Hey, I, I, you guys mind helping me with this? And they're there in a minute. It doesn't, there's not a question. about it. Sure. You know, they show up and, and, and they're, um, and you go through, I told my wife, we went on vacation to St. Augustine several years ago. We wound up running into a guy that was a, that was a cop, uh, out of this whole group of people. We wound up spending time together and she just, she kind of laughed and she's like, it's just, it's crazy how you guys can do that. How you sniff each other. You know, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me. And, you know, and we've all had that. We go anywhere we go, and we're going to be drawn to that type of person. But it's that, it's that battle. It's that you've been in those life and death situations. You've been through those luck situations before, to where you're like, man, we almost bit. We we almost took. Like like Jeremy was saying, man, we we got lucky. You know, there's that that video the ac unit hitting that guy in the head and there was one a few weeks later that it just hit the brim of his helmet um yeah i i, I agree it, it was luck but i think that we, we as leaders and we as firefighters need to look at that and go hey man we need to we need to probably change our situational awareness a little bit maybe look up a little bit more you know or maybe do this and i think that the luck has taught you bad habits i think that so many times a firefighter or, or yeah, I've had this happen, had this happen. Um, you can only, then you can only dodge an AC unit so many times before it's going to catch you. Yeah. Your, your luck's only going to hold out a little bit longer. So, so I think, yeah, go ahead, well, I mean, I think the fostering of that too, like Pitt was saying is that you look at that and it's now it's training time. Uh, my, my senior man, TJ on my truck, man, he, he sees something. He sends me the video on it. He says, did you see this? No, I didn't catch that yet. Hey boss, we need to train on this next shift, or hey, we need to do this, or we need to focus on this, um, because he knows, and, and he's and he's lucky, and he'll tell you too, he's he's lucky just as just as much as anybody else. Or my driver will or come out, Steve will go, hey man, um, uh, I think we need to to hit this up a little bit more. You know, this is something that we we haven't focused on, and we need to hit it. We run into a lot of times too is that that luck has carried you throughout your career and you've just been so lucky that sometimes it doesn't catch up with you. Uh, eventually it will. Yeah. Whether on the job or off, it's going to catch up with you. That's a, I, it's a very that, good point, right? And so uh, go ahead, Pip. Were you going to say something? Go ahead. That, well, well, that goes back to attitude too, right? Because when you think about that, that luck that we're talking about, you know, you'll have someone see that video and be like, oh, what a dumbass, an air conditioner hit him in the head. That would never happen to me, right? Or you'll have someone say, whoa, boss, look at that. We need to be more aware about air conditioning units. I mean, it's, it's weird you pick this topic because it's definitely something I'm very afraid of. But it's that thing where how you look at these situations and how you interact with the people around you with them is what's going to make you grow and get better. And it's going to change those bad habits into good ones, maybe. Yeah. And so and I'm making notes as we're talking because I, want, I really want to dive into this because I think people really want to hear some conversation between all of this on this topic. And so where I'm where I'm headed with this right now is ignorance and arrogance. You know, Lamar, you mentioned before about how. You know, if it didn't catch up with you yet, eventually it will. And that's a very good point. And I think what happens is, is you're, there's, you can't hide 
right? Too often people hide in this industry. Um, you know, you got your alphas, you got your, you got your all-stars, you know, you got your guys that are, uh, buttoned up and ready to go and dialed in and, uh, and, and they're ready to do their job and they do it very well. But we have a lot of people that also try to hide, uh, slower departments. You can hide a little bit more in a busier, aggressive house. Uh, you're not going to be able to hide as much. Um, you know, you're expected to perform when, when you start talking about guys that uh, have that mentality. I mean, I always go to the ass slaps and high fives, right? We go in, knock the shit out of the fire. It's a good time. Everybody did well. We come out, right? But there's always a couple things that need to be corrected. And some of that, some of that can be, uh, you know, an issue with the job that w- we got lucky. Oh, that was a close one. Oh, good, man, I can't believe that, you know, the stars are aligned on that one. Like, that's that gets said more, I think, than it should be. And I think it has to do a lot with the arrogance and ignorance that we think sometimes we're better than we are. You know, a lot of people talk a good game and not many people show the good game. Um, and that leads into your performance on the fire ground, your performance in the fire company, in the firehouse, and how you conduct yourself and how you conduct your own business uh, with everyone. But the issue is, <clears throat> is that you can't hide and your arrogance and your ignorance is going to affect the fire ground. And, you know, we can't keep allowing ourselves to be lucky. We need to put ourselves in a position where we can kind of control the flow of our actions and what we do based upon our sweat equity, hard training, and putting time in to eliminate complacency. Those are the things we need to do to be sure that we can allow for the luck to go in our direction. No? Yeah, 100%. You know, like Pitt was saying, he was playing lacrosse beforehand, you know. It, and it's one of those, even even on the, the sports analogy. So in that case, when the – you know, the game's on the line, it's tied, and you've got the, the cross ball and you're heading toward the goal. I guess that's what you call it. All we have is Alabama football and baseball down here. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's what you call it. But when it comes down to that, do you want to be lucky to get that shot or do you want to have trained your guts out to the point that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you can look every you can look at that if the if the goaltender's right here, I'm shooting here. If he's moving here, I'm shooting here. My defensive end's here. I'm moving here. You you have all those factors, and it just comes from, it comes from training. It comes from controlling your destiny. I'd much rather control my destiny. I'd much rather learn from the mistakes of the past or see somebody that's hey this this dropped or or something happened. This fell down. Um, this went on, and we look at it through like you said. Instead of looking, oh man, what a dumbass! Why in the world is he doing that? Or why didn't he wear his helmet? Or why didn't he do this? Or why didn't he do that? Um, my guys, we look at videos all the time, dude. And, and I'm when we look at it, we start to talk about it. There's no, we don't look and go, man, what the heck are they thinking? What, what is this? What is this? We look at it and go, all right, how would we handle this situation from our vantage point? What would we do with this? How are we going to move this so that we can control that destiny? Um, my my job on shit is. I'm at the training center, so we have a small department, about 60 people. Um, we run three three uh, engine companies, a service truck or a rescue truck, and a, and a ladder company. And we do monthly training. And I know my crews that come down and be vested in that. I know my crews that are going to show up. And this is kind of what Jeremy and I talked about the last time we talked. I know the ones that are going to show up and be there ready to go. I know the ones that have been training every single shift, putting in the time, putting in the sweat, putting in everything that they need to do it, um, and then get ready to go when come down to the training center. 
And I also know the ones that when they show up, they're going to want to get in, do what they have to do, check the check marks, hit the boxes, and then just get out and go back home. Um, and the last time that happened, we had a crew that just, they lazed off. Very simple snake, advancing the hose line uh, up, a, up a stairwell. And they just, they just half-assed it, man. They just, they didn't put it in. And my whole thing was, hey, you need to do this. We showed them, hey, there's some things you need to work on. You, need, you should have done this. This is probably a better way to do this or handle this. And their attitude with it was, man, this is just a training scenario. It's not a big deal. You know, it's, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that when it hits the fan, that when it's really rolling like this, I mean, you're, you're prepared for it. You know what's going to go down and you know how to handle it. You're right now relying on your luck. Like you said, I, hey, man, I've fought so many fires in my career. I've fought this. I've fought that. Well, good for you. Congratulations. That doesn't give you the ability, doesn't give you the right to sit back on your ass and not do anything. It doesn't give you the ability and the right to sit with your crew and go, hey, you know what? I've ran 70 structure fires in my career. I got this. No, because if you do that, guess what? The next one you go on may be the one that you bite it on because you didn't take the time to train. You didn't take the time to figure it out. You're relying on luck. And that luck is teaching you that, hey, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go, or the fire's going to go out eventually. I can't stand that one. That one drives me up a wall, you know, what, what size, what size line you want to use? What size nozzle you want to do? How much you want to do? Man, all fires go out eventually. Yeah, they do. But I would prefer for the family to have a little bit of something left than for me to walk away and go, Hey, it burned on down. It was, it was crazy. You know, we tried, but it, it didn't matter. And I use that scenario with those guys of, of saying, Hey, are you, if you're not going to put the work and the time in, um, because they, one of the crew, they were, they were upset because they didn't get the scenario before. Well, you didn't tell us what we were doing. You didn't lay it all out. You didn't tell us exactly what we were going to do. And my response was, you're, you're not going to get that on your dispatch information either. I give you everything that you have and you figure it out when you get there and you roll with it. And their whole mindset, their whole idea behind it was, well, you didn't tell us what was going to happen. And I told the officer on the truck, so you tell me this, you catch a fire and you haven't trained because you didn't put in the time to train and you haven't put in the effort, you haven't put in the passion for it and you show up on that house and everything goes wrong, your luck runs out, everything hits just the bad way. Are you going to turn around and tell that mother that you didn't save her four-year-old daughter because you didn't have the scenario beforehand? Are you going to tell her I wasn't able to get them out because, you know, we were tired and, and we've had a long day. We've been running a bunch of calls. No, it doesn't matter. You're relying on your luck. Yeah. You're relying on your past experiences. Um, yeah. Good points for sure. Um, I do want to say this too. I know Larry's trying to come up on stage. Larry, I gave you permissions to come up. I don't know why it's not working, but uh, raise your hand again. I'll bring you up because uh, I do want to get other people to, uh, come up on stage and give me their ideas and thoughts too on this topic. I'd love it. Um, <clears throat> in the meantime, uh, Larry, I'm trying to bring you up, brother. I don't know why it's not, uh, not allowing me to do it. Um, and anyway, no, very good points, Lamar. Very, very good points for sure. Um, and I, you know, it's, uh, where do I want to take that? You know, when we did talk about it, um, you know, it was, uh, important to understand that, 
you know, too often we're giving too much direction and not allowing our people to work on their own. And, and when we foster a environment like that, uh, they're often looking for, um, they're often looking for direction too much. And, uh, in return, Larry, can you just mute yourself, dude, until, uh, until you're up? Um, you know, they're often looking for too much direction and we've, we've managed it to the point where our people step and look at us and we don't instill into them the ideas and thoughts of how to operate without being told. And, uh, and that can become dangerous on, on many levels, but, uh, Larry, welcome to the stage, dude. What's up, man. Got it, man. Uh, how are y'all this evening? Uh, I'm not going to monopolize this, but I think Lamar had some good points, but you asked a question that, that I think I just want to make a comment on. You said, how do we balance luck versus, you know, mitigating away the luck factor. Right. And when you look at it, Lamar had some points of training, but what is the knee jerk reaction of most company officers and most chief officers in particular? We think that the training needs to be based on training. We think that because we all know engine companies that can't stretch a line. We know truck companies that can't throw a ladder. We know rescue companies that can't operate a, a hearse tool to save their life. But realistically, the training requirement to mitigate the luck factor is positional in terms of its specificity. You can't have your crews, rocket scientists, and on everything when the incident commander, your battalion chiefs, your assistant chiefs, also capable and aren't training away Reduce their luck factor also because it's still make bad decisions because they're out of touch. And you can have the best crews in the world on the box alarm assignment, but the luck factor would still factor in. We've all been in incidents where complacency has killed guys. Sure. Uh, well, hopefully not has, but I know I've been on those fire grounds. And when you get down to it and you look back on it, there's certain things we are never, as Pip said, we're never going to be able to mitigate it all away. There's always going to be a luck component to what we did. Right. But what we can do is we have to combat complacency. I think Lamar or Pip or maybe you, the whole recliner mentality, yeah, I get it. it's 105 degrees down here today and nobody wants to do anything because it does become a fatigue factor. But realistically, so you do the training before it gets too hot or you do it in the evening after it cools off. But we have to understand that stretching a hose line, catching a plug, throwing the aerial, taking tools to the roof does not constitute every bit of training we need to do. We also have to have policies, but we have to have policies that are realistic. We have to have administrations that are in touch and understand that their job is threefold. It's to create a framework for their personnel to work within, that it's their job to get them the resources they need to do their job. And then their third task is to just stay out of the hell, uh, you know, completely the hell out of the way, as you were just mentioning. So that in and of itself will mitigate away some of the luck factor. If you get the, the personnel what they need and you have good policies that they follow and they understand they're easy. We've all seen 25 and 30 page policies. A wise uh, former or retired now assistant chief told me, he goes, his policies are never longer than four to five pages at the most. He goes, because the adult learner, fireman even being worse, we're not going to follow them. We're not going to read them all. So what he tries to do is make them as simple as possible. So between policies, training at every level, not just the basic task-oriented stuff of stretching a line and catching a plug, but everything, we can mitigate away a lot of the luck factor. But Bad habits and complacency, I hate using a roof ladder on a one-story. I believe a roof ladder is to get to the roof, not to operate from. That's a complacency factor, and it almost bit us in the ass one night. But realistically, those are shortcuts that become the norm. And then sooner or later, over a 27-year career, we almost got bit once or twice in the city of Houston because of that. We laughed it off, as you said, when we hit the ground. 
you know, said that, you know, made a sign of the cross and said, well, that was close because all we care about is looking like we weren't rattled. In hindsight, we should have never been on that roof in the first place. But because, as Lamar said, I've made all these fires in my career, nothing bad has ever happened. We start making assumptions. And I think they call that, what's that book or that program, the uh, normalization of deviance. And, and what we do is we start to accept shortcuts as the norm. And they go from being a one-off to a habit to a trend. And the next thing you know, it shift, it shift wide. So we're our own worst enemies. So, Larry, I love that, brother, because you just took it to where I really wanted to go now. And the other, the other half of that sentence, good luck taught you bad habits, right? Your good luck has taught you bad habits. What's a habit? A habit is something that you continually do, right? So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a methodology or a way of doing something. It's a habit. It, it's, it's forming. It, it makes you, uh, it gives you that uh, sense that it's okay, uh, if you will. And so how do we, how do we eliminate our, our decisions? That, God, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the right way to word this, but I want to talk about the habit portion of this is where the environment. Right. We talked about foundational stuff. We talked about, you know, how you uh, can uh, mitigate the luck circumstance to an extent by, you know, eliminating complacency and training and all these things. Now I want to take it to, you know, when we do have things in place or, or um, what you were just talking about, Larry, with, um, you know, policies and, and uh, with the roof ladder situation or example. And, you know, hey, that was close, you know, and after 26 years, it finally almost caught up to us. But, hey, we caught on to that. You know, how do we not create that habit then? Because too often when we do take those shortcuts, as you said, those shortcuts tend to become the norm because they tend to work. It's that the first, it's what you just said there, Jeremy, uh, kind of answering your own question without it. It's the recognition that this is a habit, right? Because that recognition about the roof ladder situation probably took longer to recognize it was wrong than it may have to correct it or, or vice versa. But you have to recognize this as being a problem. Yeah, but does right? it get, does then, it get rectified, right? Because then I have written down on my, on my scratch sheet here, it says address the complacency. It has to be addressed, right? We can come down and we could all look at each other on the, as we're bedding our ladders and, and uh, cleaning up and changing our cylinders. And we're going to be like, oh, that was close, man. You know, we've been throwing that roof ladder to that one story to get to the, to get to the gable every time or get to the dormer and, you know, what have you. And, and wow, that one, that one almost bit us. Right. And then, uh, and then what do we do at the next fire? Are we throwing an extension and using a roof on the on the roof, or are we just throwing a roof ladder and walking the roof again? Probably throwing a roof ladder and walking the roof again. But that's right. where you have to employ your leadership tactics and start to identify why this is the problem. You know, like Lamar had said before, finding those videos of look, that dude didn't have a roof ladder and he fell through the roof. That dude didn't have a roof ladder and he fell through the roof. Um, look at this NIOSH report. Look at that NIOSH report. Hey, maybe there's something to this, you know, and maybe we need to look at it a little deeper. And there's still going to be the people, you, you and I know them, who are putting both their feet in the ground and taking their ball and going home and not going to listen to you. For whatever reason, they not want to listen to you. But there's probably going to be one or two that are like, there's something to this. I want to retire. I don't want to fall through a roof. So it's that recognition and it's that tactful introduction of the change that's going to change those habits. Larry, what are your thoughts, man? 
We yeah. scared him away. Yeah, you know? I know, right? Now, Lamar. Your note-taking scared him away. Yeah, Lamar, how about yourself, brother? What are your thoughts yeah. on the habit portion of this conversation, you know? Yeah. How do we how do we address that and eliminate these bad habits uh, from uh, taking hold? So I I agree with Pip one hundred percent on that. Is that you know sometimes those habits creep in and you don't realize they do. You know it it may catch you on that fire, it may catch you on that scene where you look at it and go, dang man, that really messed us up. And it may be something that you've been doing for so long, but I think that the the training aspect comes into it as well. Is that if you want to try a new technique or you see a technique, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a prime example on our trucks. So our ladders are side of our truck. And for a long time, we had our extension ladder bedded inside and we had our roof ladder bedded on the outside of it. Uh, I had a guy on my truck that I'd said earlier, he was a truckie and he looked and he said, why do you guys have it that way? And we just, that's just the way it's always been, man. You know, should we do it on there? He said, well, that roof ladder is for you to get up on the roof and uh, walk on that roof. I said, yeah, I agree with you. He said, well, if that's the only ladder you grab off of and you get to the building, you realize that you've used your roof ladder to climb up. Now you got to go get the extension and everything else. Well, huh? makes sense, man. He said, well, let's, let's flip them. All right. So we put our extension on the outside and put our roof on the inside. Six months later, six months later, uh, we were doing ladder testing. I had one of the drivers come up and said, Hey, you guys have the ladder. I said, what are you talking about? He said, we had the roof ladder on the inside and the extension ladder on the outside. And I said, yeah. He said, when'd you do that? I said, six months ago, bro. We did it six months ago. And it, they had had such a habit of pencil whipping and such a habit of not training and such a habit of not looking at ideas and finding things that it went for a six month period. They didn't even recognize. So I think that sometimes those habits are going to, not sometimes, those habits are eventually going to show one way or the other. It doesn't matter if it's in your truck checks in the morning. It doesn't matter if it's in uh, a fire scene. It doesn't matter if it's on a wreck scene, whatever. That habit's going to show. And I 100% agree with Pitt that as soon as you see that thing rear its ugly head, you've got to nip it in the bud right then. Because if you do not, that thing's going to go from a full-blown habit into an addiction. And... You know, that habit's a little bit a little bit easier to break initially. It's going to take a little bit of work. It's going to take a little bit of, of, of training. It's going to take a little bit of, of recognizing and fixing it. But that habit gets blown into a full-blown addiction. Now you're going to have to be just like a, a dope head, or you're going to have to be like an alcoholic, and you're going to have to go to rehab, and it's going to take a lot longer, a lot more work. I think for me, keeping those habits from forming is – to stay up to date on everything, you know, Hey, you did 70 fires in your career. That's great. That's super awesome, dude. When you did those 70 fires, you guys had rubber boots that were pull up. You didn't wear an SCBA. You went in with the same size line. You didn't know anything about flow paths. You didn't know any of that stuff that's come out, any of, any of the, the education or anything else that has to do with anything. And I think that part of being a good, a good firefighter, a good officer, and just being good in the fire service period is to stay on top of that stuff, to constantly look at it and go, hey, this is something that we may need to change. We may need to look at those videos. We may need to look at those near misses. Like Pip, uh, Pip said, look at those NIOSH reports. Look at that. Hey, what happened here? What did they What did they do here that, that bit them in the ass that might bite us? And realize, hey, this is a habit that we've developed. This is something that we've got going, and this is what happened to them. 
And we've got to get out of this mentality in fire service. We've got to get out of this mentality of this. Well, it's not going to happen to us. You know, we don't, we don't have any super high rises in Daphne. We, we don't have any. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have buildings that are high that we can't employ those tactics on. But too many times guys in the fire service or people in the fire service, we look and go, man, and I've heard it so much. That's FDNY does that. Chicago does that. LA County does that. Mobile does that. Houston, Dallas, they, all these big departments do. we're not that big department. It doesn't matter. You can still develop that habit that they have. That's a good habit. We're going to do this every day. We're going to make sure it happens. And the, I, I think the key for me and my crews, God bless them. They get, they chuckle at me when I talk about it. I think one of the biggest keys for developing those habits and breaking those bad ones are discipline. It's got to be discipline. You've got to maintain a certain amount of discipline. You've got to say, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to train today. We're going to train on this. We're going to, you know, we're going to do some live fire training. Well, it's a hundred degrees outside, you know, and it's the humidity is 90% and the heat index is 120. I'm, I'm not going to be so staunch and hardcore of saying, hey, uh, we're going to do our fire training at 12 o'clock because that's what we said we're going to do it at. I need to adjust it, but I need to also have that discipline to know, hey, we're still going to do this training because this could be the determinant factor of whether or not you make it out. Uh, we had some training about two years ago uh, where we were setting up a, a, a blitz fire and we were taking a two and a half, starting to spray water, and then uh, we would hook up to a hydrant and then pull our hand line off. And, uh, I had a Lieutenant kind of jump me. He says, we don't spray two and a half with just tank water. We don't do that. And I said, well, we, we may have to do it one day. It may be a situation where we don't have a choice. And he said, that's not, that's not what we do. What he had done is he had developed that habit of, we don't do that two and a half unless we have a water supply. That's it. We don't use tank water. Um, and damned, if not the next shift, we had a situation where the chief called for that two and a half and that, that blitz fire to be laid down and they didn't have a water supply and we had trained on it and we had fortunately broke that habit in that officer. This is, we're going to train on it over and over again. And we had broke that habit to where he knew it. He came, he's like, Hey man, I appreciate it. I, I thank you. And I was like, hey, no problem. It's just us doing what we need to do. If we recognize those bad habits, I think that's a big thing. I, I, yeah. I love that you hit on that is that recognition of habits. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think um, I think there's a lot to all of that, right? I mean, I keep going back in my own head. I keep going back to um, what do I do? Uh, what's my complacency? I mean, we're all guilty of it. Um, you know, what do I do? Do I not uh, do I put my hood on every run? Um, you know, if we're going on a, you know, CO or, or, uh, automatic alarm or, or, you know, something like that. Am I, am I gearing up completely to the point that I have my hood on if it's a 90 degree day? Probably, you know, there's chances, there's times I don't, you know, and that's just an honest, you know, or do you have ear flaps? Do you put your ear flaps down? You know, like these are things that like little shortcuts that could potentially bite you one day. And these are, those are small little habits, right? I mean, they, they affect you physically, but, you know, you get into that mindset that you're you're cutting corners. And that's what I liked about what Larry said earlier is it's, you know, good luck is is also, um, you know, it's it's cutting corners and getting away with it. Um, it's as a child when you do something when when your parents aren't looking and you get away with it. 
But then if you continually do it over and over again, it does become habitual. And then how do you break that? It's very hard to break it other than, uh, you know, equate it to a, a child stealing a pack of gum from the grocery store. We're not looking. My daughter did that when she was little. And my wife, who is amazing, took her back to the store and made a big deal about it so that my daughter wouldn't do it again. And she addressed it. And, and I think to equate that to the fire service today, we need leaders that are like my wife that have to address the issues. You know, not only do we have a personal accountability, you know, in the firehouse and for each other and for ourselves, but the company officer or the senior guy, they have to hold the people accountable as well. And when you're seeing um, a violation of, uh, you know, whether it's a, a, something personal to the individual or you're seeing a violation to a policy or somebody cutting corners or taking the easy way of doing things, um, if that's not addressed, that's allowed to um, simmer. And as that simmers, it's only going to get worse and worse. And usually it's a slippery slope. Once you allow, you know, one thing to slide, the, the rest is going to keep sliding. Um, and there's something to that. Uh, and so you got to be careful of that. And as bosses, uh, we need to be responsible for our people and for ourselves. And we need to hold people accountable because that will, sli- that will slide into habitual, uh, you know, into a habit. And then habits are very hard to break. So now, Jeremy, too, with... With that, like with the uh, the hood thing that you brought up, you know, I was that guy. I, I didn't yeah. wear my hood a lot. You right. know what I mean? And so much so I carry a spare in my pants pocket because one day we opened the door and there was fire behind it in a high rise. Like, whoa, this is bad. I need to put a hood on. Um, but what have I been a lieutenant now? Six or seven years? I don't know. So like four rookie classes for my department. And I'm watching these kids that sit behind me who just come out of the academy putting their hood on putting their hood on before they put their jacket on, putting their hood on. And I had to do some self-reflection and I had to look at myself and say, what kind of habits do I have and what could I be teaching them that's bad with this? And so now my hood is on top of my turnout coat hanging on the next to the engine. Mine's and I'm a- putting it on. Yep. Mine's on top of my helmet. It's the first thing I put right? on. It's now. But it, it took. Yeah. It took you realizing that just like it took me realizing that this is a bad habit and I need to change it because these, and uh, I mean, I'm not old, I'm not that old, but these kids are looking at me like I'm doing this. And they told me this was my important, why is my Lieutenant doing it? So now I do it. And I tell all of them that too, that because of you guys, I do this. And when my next one's comes, my next one comes to me, I'm going to say the same thing and tell them that same story. Yeah. For sure. I mean, for me, it took my brother almost losing his ear in a fire uh, to uh, realize the importance of it. And, um, you know, and that was that was one issue, uh, along with the fact that, you know, I listen, the, the most incredible thing about National Fire Radio for me now more than ever in the fire service, 26 years into the fire service, National Fire Radio is holding me more accountable than I've ever been for what I do in the firehouse and how I act on the fire ground. Because the thing is, is I sit here tonight on the microphone with you guys and we talk about topics and, and so on. And then I, 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 you know, hit the, I stop recording and I sit back in my chair and reflect on the hour we just spent talking about things. And then I go, wait a minute, like I'm not doing what I say I do, or I'm not, I'm not acting the way I should be to represent what I'm talking about with my guests. And so now more than ever, the, my own accountability is so much stronger than it used to be. 
You know, I used to cut those corners and, and listen, we are all still guilty of it. I'm not sitting here on a, on a high, ho- you know, on a, on a pedestal by any means. But what I, but what I will say is though, you have to self-reflect and look at yourself and look at what you do and how you act because everything you do reflects on who you are and how you operate. Um, and so if you're cutting corners and you're accepting uh, chance as part of your pedigree of the type of fireman you are, then you gotta you gotta reflect on that a little bit and and understand that you gotta put in some more time. You gotta do more to better your position so that luck and chance aren't what isn't what's getting you to the finish line ninety percent of the time or a hundred percent of the time. You gotta put that on yourself. You gotta look at yourself and say, I'm the reason why we're getting to this accomplished or, or this is why our engine company was able to make that push and get water on that fire or the truck was able to make that grab, you know, and, and pass the fire and things like that. It's not because of chance or luck. It's because we've put ourselves and trained and conditioned ourselves to put ourselves in a position to do so. Um, and I, I'm a firm believer of that. And I think that's super important. I just saw a couple other guys hopped into the room. I see a couple of people down there that are, that are good friends. The, the stage is open. If anybody wants to hop up here, all you got to do is raise your hand. I'd love to hear it. Um, you know, and so on. We've been going for about 50 minutes now, so we're probably going to keep it to around an hour. But if anybody in the audience wants to, to say anything on this topic, um, I'd love to have you up here. Um, I value all of you and all your input. Uh, for sure. So, uh, Pip, what are your what are your thoughts on that that I just hammered out there? I, I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? I think it's it's this. I'm trying to think how to say it. like being a student of the craft, right? But so many people think that being a student of the craft means they're learning how to spray water and cut holes and force doors. But there's so much more to this craft than that. And all this stuff is important, but I'm a student of all of this. I want to keep learning it all because I have so much more to learn. And that's what I like about this job, that it's not always the same. You know, it's, it's always going to be different and you're always learning and you're always um, having these situations come up to you that you need to be ready for. And I think that's a huge part of this, you know, for me, for sure. And, you know, I know, you know, John just popped up here, yeah. so I want to, I want to give him some time for sure. Cause I know he's got something on this without a doubt in my mind. So what's up, John? Long hey chief. No see, how are you brother? Hey guys, how are you doing? Thanks Good. for uh, the invite and sorry I'm a little late. No worries. But, uh, he got the he got the white helmet and he forgets all the little people that are the same height oh, as him, Jeremy. You know, that's not oh, a yeah. short joke. I'm about the same height as you. Your mohawk's a little bit higher though. So, but uh, <laughs> you know what? You create your luck. That yep. that's one of the things that uh that I've fallen back on and and found over the years that by your preparation, by your skill, your training, you're creating your muscle memory. You create your luck. You set things in motion before, long before the bell hits and you're going to that call. Whether it's preparation, whether it's pre-planning, whether it's a skill, it's you set, you set yourself up for failure or success by what you do and how you do it. So you create your own luck, I, I would I'd say. Oh, I agree with you, Chief. We talked about it before. I mentioned influencing our own luck, but it's the same thing. You have the ability to mitigate the 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 percentage of luck that's available to you. I mean, like we said, every fire ground we run on in every situation that we deal with, there's there is a, a small ounce of luck and chance that go into it. Some things are just completely out of your control. But at the end of the day, you can control, you know, most of everything we do 
if you put yourself and set yourself up for success to do so. Jeremy, you're absolutely correct on that. And then, you know, that's, that's one of those things that the fire service, we, we have to be the masters of everything. And that's why, you know, the team approaches is huge with the fire service because I might not be strong in one aspect, but somebody on my company hopefully is stronger than me and we'll make it work. Or what, what can we do? We can call somebody, you know, we can do the phone a friend, you reach out on the radio. Hey, send me another engine company, send me the truck company. If you know you have somebody that's a specialty in, in whatever it is. And I'm not talking fire suppression. I'm actually talking uh, about like some of our service stuff, our less sexy things like uh, handling, managing everyday incidents, you know, our, the, our plumbing uh, issues, the our electrical and stuff like that. 86 in the Niffers file, uh, notify other agencies. My favorite call right there. <laughs> uh, I use that a lot for uh, notification of fire prevention or code enforcement for follow-up. Uh, I'm oh, that's what you're saying. It's, it's the phone of friend, right? It's the ask for help. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about here, like asking for help to, to create this, not luck, but, you know, that extension that we have. So even talking about notifying other agencies, um, so we go to alarm we go to a building, it's got an alarm problem, and we don't notify somebody to follow up. What are we doing? We're jeopardizing the people that we're there for, and we're jeopardizing ourselves for not having that followed up on. So eventually, we're not helping ourselves just by not clicking that extra box or sending that email or making that other notification. You know, it's the simple things that can set us up for success or failure. Yeah, and John, to, to put it there too, now you're... Now you're placing luck and chance on our consumer, on our customer, right? By not doing our job and being complacent or being lazy and not doing that follow-up because you noticed there was a violation or two. God forbid there's a fire there three weeks later and you didn't do your due diligence and follow through on what you, the public and the municipality expect you to follow through on because of complacency or, you know, you just, uh, you're, you're lazy or it's just not, uh, you know, it's not what you guys do. You know, if that's the case, I mean, you're creating chance and luck for those people to have, you know, a, a greater chance of risk, injury, death, or property loss because you're not following through. And, and to follow that up. So say they do get a flyer. So now the fire's got, has a, has a lead way on us we have to potentially put ourselves in further danger by taking ex- potentially taking extra risks to provide to perform a search to do a rescue that's above and beyond that if we had proper notification uh and had the had the alarm been repaired we would have been there minutes before uh I, a lot of urban areas do have a delay in alarm they think people are other people are calling you know we you know, it's just the potential. People think, oh, they got a cell phone in their hand. No, guess what they're doing? They're videotaping. They might not have called, you know. So that's uh, that's a potential right there. You know, you can you can expound upon that issue by us not remaking the follow-up for an alarm problem at a building could put us in further jeopardy as well as the customers. For sure. And And again, that goes to the theme of what we're talking about tonight, right? the luck that we've ridden for so long that the, uh, all those buildings that you haven't, uh, you know, sent the report into fire prevention or subcode or somebody like that to follow up on, you haven't been bit because there hasn't been any fires in those buildings, you know, since those violations, but eventually that will catch up to you. And that bad habit that's created out of the chance and luck you've, you follow through on, 
will eventually bite you in the ass. And that's how we started this whole conversation. I think Lamar said it. He said, over time, it will find you. It might not be tomorrow, right? But bad habits, right? Allowing our job to rest on the laurels of luck will eventually catch up with you. Yeah, you got, like down down here, we live on the Gulf Coast, and we go down to the Gulf and, and go fishing a lot. We've got, we've got some pretty bad riptides that happen. Um, so you got to be really, really super careful. And this kind of touches on something that Pip had said earlier, but you got to be really super careful uh, when you get out in that water. Part of knowing about it is recognizing the signs that are around you looking at your conditions, knowing what you got, knowing when you can go out, when you can't go out. But I also got an eight-year-old son. We go down there and we go fishing, and he's a tiny fella. And that riptide, if it ever got a hold of him, he'd be gone. Um, so I go out and I'll wade fish, and I can get up to my waist, and I'll be fine. Even if there's a pretty good rip current, I'm strong enough in my legs and everything else that I can, that I can hold to and not get swept away. But if I look around... And behind me, not not within five foot, it doesn't matter how deep it is. My boy's following me out there. And I can look at him all day long and say, no, get back on the, no, get back on the beach. Go up there with your mom. Go do this. Go do that. I can say that all day long. But it doesn't matter where I go. He's still going to be following me. So I think that that's where we as in the fire service, like Chief was saying, that's where we make our own luck, man. You look at those, you look at those patterns and going, hey, I need to be putting my hood on. This isn't a good idea to not be putting my hood on. Or I need to go ahead and turn out for this fire alarm. Because I know that I've ran this fire alarm at this same place 20 times, but this may be the one. And it only takes the one time. Every one of us has got a story of something that we didn't do. We developed that bad habit, but something happened, and now we don't have that bad habit anymore. So I think that we then need to look and start handing out and going, hey, look, this is where it bit me. This is where it happened. This is where it took me under or, or, or it messed me up. Um, and this is, this is how you can avoid that. They're going to follow you one way or the other. And they're going to follow you in the good spots and they're going to follow you in the bad spots. If I'm not putting my gear on, guess what? My guys are going to look and go, hey, Lou didn't have his gear on. I'm going to put mine on either. And as soon as I do that, I could cause harm to that crew. And that's something that I can't, I, I'd never be able to live with myself with it. But they're going to they're gonna follow you and they're going to follow your habits. So it takes us, and it doesn't matter if you're, if you're the low man on the crew. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're riding the back seat and all you do is, is work nozzle or the driver or the officer. It doesn't matter. Um, there's days, man, that we, get, we pop a call, and I don't want to put that stinking gear on. It is hot. It's miserable. I don't feel like doing it. But I look back, and my senior guy's putting his on. I have no choice but to do it because I'm going to follow the example. I'm going to lead. And yeah. I, think that's, I think one of the ways too, you, you look at those bad habits, you recognize the signs and symptoms, you know, you look at those things that are happening and go, uh, yeah, this is leading us down a bad path. We need to stop this. For sure. For sure. Thanks, man. John, uh, lightly, go ahead, brother. Welcome to the stage. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, really enjoying the conversation. Uh, I agree with everybody's points. Two quick things. I believe it was Louis Pasteur that said, chance favors the prepared mind and you, you guys are spot on that um it comes before the bell ever hits that helps um turn some of what would be luck into training and preparation but as far as uh what do we do to create um 
prevent that good luck from becoming a bad habit, we need to do better at being honest on our after action reviews, both as a company, as um, the crews on the scene, as well as personally. Um, if, if you could take an honest look and say, these decisions were based on sound tactics, um, p- policy, procedure, um, good science, then maybe it was good preparation and not just luck. On the other hand, if we really have to hem and haw to try to justify or rationalize our decisions, well, then maybe we got away with one. We have to take an honest look at uh, what steps can we take as a company level and especially at the personal level to make sure that that uh, does not become a habit uh, going forward. But that's all I got. Thanks. I love it, man. Chief, very good points. Um, and I, I will say this. Um you know, I like it on the formal level, too, because, you know, too often I talk about the, and I, I mentioned it before, the ass slaps and high fives. And then, you know, we're like, oh, that, you know, that it always could have went better. But are we willing to have those conversations? Are we willing to hold ourselves accountable for our actions and for the company officer and the others in the company to hold somebody responsible in the company and then take it up the line to those after action reports where, you know, we have to be willing, one, to have them because so many departments do not do them. But then, two, we have to be able to hold people accountable and be constructive. You know, we need to talk about the situation and the actions that went down and we need to address anything that needs to be addressed. And we can't be afraid as leaders and bosses and managers in this fire service. We can't be afraid to correct actions or things that went, um, you know, in, in a, in a wrong way or it's skewed from what we know or how we operate tactics, strategies, et cetera. So super important for accountability chief. Thank you for uh, your points. They're very well taken and I agree with them completely. Jeremy, real quick, as just to follow up on uh, John Lightley's uh, yeah, point, please. That, that spot on regarding that, and about the science. So, if the one person that knows about science knows it and tries to employ or uh, deploy a tactic that people aren't ready for, that can cause a problem. So, it's as a as a leader, whether it's lieutenant, captain, chief. We need to make sure that we put our people in a place for success, for education, to uh, and then demonstrate that education so they feel comfortable with a tactic, tactic that could be used to uh, in whatever manner. But uh, again, the science of the fire service is always changing, and we're seeing that with the UL and NIST studies and the even the Kill a Flashover stuff that uh, project that John and I are part of. But uh, it's it's important. Uh, you may have that knowledge, but if they don't have the knowledge and the training to back it up, it's just gonna it's gonna be a flaw. So we have to continue to learn and perform and train. Sorry, I was uh, on <laughs> jammed up for a second. I agree. I agree. I, I think you know all very good points, and they're and they're certainly hitting on um, what what and where we've been. Um, with this conversation, but I like it because it's a different take. And um, I like the different points of view, but it's always speaking about, um, you know, this, uh, the responsibility we all have to make this job better. Um, and I think that's the the most, that's the underlying theme here. The only way we can keep pushing forward and making this job good and uh, and so on is to be sure that we're we're personally accountable for what's happening. We're holding others accountable for it. 
and we always push forward to deliver the best services we can. And, and so we can't allow complacency and we can't allow um, luck to be our driving factor as to how and who we are in the fire service. Um, just looking at the time we got, uh, we've been going for about an hour or so. Uh, I was going to try to keep it to about there. So why don't we begin to wrap anybody else in the room wants to, wants to come up real quick. I'd love to hear your points of view or ideas on the topic. Um, I do think that this is a topic that we could explore even further on other shows. Um, but I do want to start thinking about wrapping up here. Lamar, why don't you hit me with some, uh, thoughts and, and last minute thoughts here before we, uh, we wrap. I think you kind of said it when you're, when your last part about, about having that responsibility. Um, I think the conversation we had before too, is that 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 Maltese means something, man. It means something so deep and so important. There's so much blood, sweat, pain, joy, laughter, happiness, sacrifice behind that Maltese. And it's got years and years and years and decades and centuries of tradition behind it. And it's our job to be the defenders of that tradition. And it's our job to look at those traditions that are good to keep them going. And those traditions that need to be changed and say, Hey, this is going to help somebody in the future. And you've got to have a passion for this job. And if you do have a passion for this job, if you love it, it's something that you eat, breathe, sleep. It's something that you are all the time. And it exudes throughout your existence and you're going to do everything you possibly can to make sure that this job is the best in the world. And you want to leave it the best in the world for people that come behind you. And you want them to look. I, I love when my crews look and say, hey, man, we found a better way to do it. You mind if we try this? Absolutely. Let's give it a shot, man. See if it works. See how it does. Um, because I'm not the end-all, be-all. My chief is not the end-all, be-all. Uh, all these other things that are out there. They're not the end-all, be-all. There's always somebody out there that's got a better idea and a better way to do it. So for the fire service in general to leave it, to leave it better, to leave it as a place that's going to be something awesome for our kids and something awesome for the generations that come after it, we need to catch those habits that are bad. We need to catch those that are going to lead us down a path of destruction and go, nah, man, we're not going that way. We're going to go this other way because I love that Maltese and what it stands for way too much allowed to be tarnished in any manner i love it brother thank you well said rob my rob what's up brother what's up buddy how, how are you doing? good man how's everything good. i'm doing good everything's fine awesome um, is this your first time on the stage rob meyer from um, Where works? well this kind of favorite. stage i've seen him on other stages but we won't talk correct, about that right correct, now. correct. <laughs> i was there that night too <laughs> you let you laugh you know what fdic is coming soon and i got a video i'm gonna actually throw your way oh boy. soon just to kind of like grease the wheels to get us going for next year or this year you're talking about uh, pip right not me no i'm talking about you <laughs> oh boy. he wants to grease, yeah, he wants to grease your wheels here we to go. Grease mine. that's all we need well um, what's up brother oh no i, I i'm sorry i, I joined I, I mean i've been hanging out for a little while but as far as talking um one of the things talking about personal account personal accountability um, I, I mean, I've always, I, I felt like I've always considered that a priority, uh, for myself, but I've really never noticed how much it actually matters until we've had younger, newer guys, uh, come onto my crew and realize that not only, not only what you do and, and those bad habits, um, affect you, but everyone else around you. And I've noticed um, I've been picking up on trying to eliminate those, those small things, the small bad habits, or we're even improving on them um, 
because those, those newer guys, um, the, the probies that we've had in the last two years, uh, specifically on my crew, um, you know, how that, how that affects them and, and what groundwork that that lays for them in the fire service. And I think that that's a, a huge, a huge thing to consider is that your bad habits, uh, might be your own, but you're also kind of, you know, you're impressing upon the newer guys as well. Um, what your habits are and what you do, what you don't do, what kind of things you kind of just go, eh, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it just becomes like the day-to-day operations that you kind of get complacent on. Um, but a lot of things that you've, you've kind of just kind of skirted on the wayside and you're not really impressing upon the newer guys that those things are important. I mean, it's, it's certainly a personal responsibility that you should be doing. Um, and we're all guilty of it. Uh, but, but, but working with newer guys has really kind of made me appreciate the fact that, you know, we, we skip things, we miss things and th- those things not only affect you, but they affect people around you too. I love dude. I love this because you're hitting on something we didn't really hit on. And I, I love it. It's you, so many of us don't realize how influential we are in the firehouse. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you're when you're a senior guy, there, you know, the, there's things you do that the younger, the the probies and the one or two year guys are looking at you when you don't even know they're looking and they're watching how mm-hmm. you act, how you perform, how you dress, how you operate. And a lot of that's unconscious. Like, you know, it's just how you've been through your whole career, but you don't realize how influential you are to others. And Rob, that's mm-hmm. a very good point, brother. I love that. Yeah, they're they're drawing on all your mannerisms, and and again, we've been, I, I guess we can you can call us fortunate. My crew has been kind of designated as the uh, the new guy crew, where you know we onboard new guys and we rotate them out as they've gone through pro- their probationary period. Um, but like when you take a step back and you look at it, is that you know I, I spent uh, probably fifteen years being with a, a bunch of guys that you know that that were we all knew what we were doing, we all knew our job, and we all trained, and we all did whatever we had to do. Um, but bringing somebody who isn't really like a first year has no fire experience. They have some experience, but like, you know, trying to, to bring them on and, and teach them how we do things and, you know, how we're expected to operate. Um, you kind of, you kind of get a rude awakening. Um, when you realize that this is just fresh meat (laughs) for lack of a better, it it is, they're, they're fresh meat. They're, they're very, they're, they're moldable. They're, they're very impressionable. Yeah. And and, and your, your complacency is setting mm -hmm. them up for bad habits. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing. I mean, that, that is so grand on a scale. You, you do in a career house, 20, 25 years, you know, plus, you know, 30 years, maybe and out the door and a volunteer service, you might have guys that are there for 40, 50 years. But if you're doing things that aren't in line with uh, the way you should be, and you're taking those shortcuts or you have these uh, bad habits, if you will, that are formed from you taking those shortcuts. And then you have that one year kid in there Man, that he's gonna see how you're taking shortcuts, and what's he's gonna do? He's gonna take the shortcuts, and before you know it, you're setting him up now for a career of shortcuts, which typically has to do with you know not following through, not doing everything you should be doing on correctly, and what that does is then that opens up the door for a bigger chance and and situation of luck for your career. Um, and I, I, that's a that's a good setup there, Rob. I like that. 
Well, that just means we got a big job ahead of us and we got a lot of responsibility. And the guys that have the guys that have been riding the seat for many years have a big part in the molding and shaping of our future. And so none of us, none of us have the ability to complain if we're not putting the sweat equity into these new guys and the sweat equity into ourselves. That's it. You don't have a room to complain. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. So, Pip, let's go. Let's wrap this up. I got to go. I'm going to go have a, a beer with my wife. Uh, let's wrap this thing up, man. Give me uh, give me some last thoughts. Rob, thanks for coming up on the stage, man. I appreciate you. Uh, and yeah, no I, I know that uh, you and I will share many stages to come in all different forms. So looking forward to that, pal. Pip, what do you got? I think I think this whole thing, again, like we've been talking about, it, it comes back to us. It comes back to you and how you act, you know, how we act, how I act, and how what we're doing, we have to take these active roles in creating the fire service we want there to be. Um, creating any situation we want there to be. And we can't just sit back on our laurels 24-7 and not take this active role. And by active role, I mean understanding the people we're dealing with, whether they're coworkers, whether they're people on calls, whether they're whatever. We have to adjust how we're acting towards them. And we have to make our own luck, for, for lack of a better term. I love it, brother. Ties it right back in. So thank you for uh, for those words. And Lamar, thank you uh, for hopping in tonight, man. Um, always a pleasure, um, you know, just getting to know you. And uh, it was great to have you on tonight with us. Uh, means the world that, uh, you know, guys want to take time out of their busy schedules to, uh, to just spread some good words. And uh, I appreciate you being here tonight. Truly do. That's my honor, brother. I appreciate Awesome. Awesome. And everybody in the audience, thank you. Thanks for taking an hour and 15 minutes out of your night tonight. I know how busy our schedules are, uh, but uh, for me, it means the world. Uh, you know, every once in a while, uh, you know, I, I, I get uh, something in my mind that I want to speak about. But uh, lately, it's been a little lacking only because personal creativity has been jammed up with a lot of things going on. Uh, but, uh, it's content time again. So I'm hopping back into it. Um, sometimes you gotta remove yourself for a little bit. So the content's been lacking on the audio side, but, uh, we'll certainly be doing more of these. This format is recorded tonight. It will be put up on our podcast channel as well. That's where it gets a lot of play. So tonight the room wasn't very active. I'm super grateful for everybody that's here and super grateful for the people that uh, got up and spoke it means the world to me. Uh, but you can also catch this on the uh, podcast channel as well with National Fire Radio. Um, and lastly, thank you. Thank you for everybody hopping in tonight and being here. Um, means the world. And, uh, you know, look forward to doing another one. So on that note, Pip and Lamar, thanks for joining me tonight. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, well, for myself and the rest of the crew at National Fire Radio, thanks for tuning in tonight. Have a great night, and uh, we'll see you soon. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. That's ridiculous, right? Yeah, I, I had to. I had to. All right, we're, my kids will love these. All right, I'm close. I know, right? The only part they want to hear is that. That's so <laughs> dumb. All right, I'm out of here. Let's close this room up. We're out, guys. Thanks. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in to our. 
Clubhouse session tonight on National Fire Radio. Uh, as always, if you're not on the Clubhouse app, uh, let us know. We can shoot you some invites. We can get you involved. It can be Android or iPhone these days uh, and so on. But it's an incredible opportunity uh, for you to get involved in a conversation. It's a app that allows you to be a part of the conversation. And that's what we're doing here at National Fire Radio is keeping the conversation going and talking about things that affect us every day in the firehouse and in the fire service. So thanks for tuning in. Another episode, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in this week and listening to another episode on the National Fire Radio podcast channels. We truly appreciate the support. We thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to our interviews, our roundtables, our discussions. It means the world. Like, share, leave a comment. The more we engage, the more we can grow and push the word out and keep making this job better.